Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining me for this IEW edition of the Midweek Roundup. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, and today we're going to be answering three questions we've heard from international educators this week. First up, what does the 2020 Open Doors Report tell us? Second, how big will the post-pandemic bounce be? And third, are we meeting prospective students where they are? Those are our three questions. Before we get into the, the data from the Open Doors report and other imp important information about uh, Open Doors and International Education Week, I wanted to say a special thank you to all of you who have been watching uh, live or on repeat on our Facebook channel, LinkedIn profile, or our YouTube channel for education uh, for SMU, SMIE Consulting. Uh, we also uh, live stream on Twitter. Uh, and across those three other platforms. And those that watch us, uh, listen to us on repeat uh, on our podcast version, audio-only podcast version of the Midweek Roundup, we appreciate you taking the time and making the Midweek Roundup a part of your international edification each week. And as we do each week, we take our news stories that we highlight here on the Roundup uh, in form, question form from the stories that appear in our weekly newsletter that comes out Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern uh, called All the SMIE News Fit to Share. And if you're wondering what SMIE is, that's uh, part of the company name, social media and international education, two of my uh, passion areas for my work. So in terms of what we're going to talk about today, uh, we're, it's, uh, we know uh, International Education Week is an, uh, probably one of the highlights of the, of the, uh, the academic year for international educators in the United States and around the world, those of us who support us through Education USA offices, U.S. consulates abroad and embassies around the world, U.S. Fulbright commissions, all of them have uh, are engaged in our International Education Week activities every year, and it really brings a, uh, an important light and focus onto what we do in our field. So it's important that we celebrate these uh, this week uh, and engage with our communities on our campuses and in our communities to show and highlight the value of international students, scholars, uh, faculty that are on our college campuses and enhance uh, the experiences for all of the students that they interact with. So quickly about our newsletter. Uh, we do always drop the link to the most recent edition of the newsletter in the chat. Uh, you'll have that uh, at smieconsulting.org slash subscribe. I'll also put the link for the current newsletter uh, for this week's edition that we uh, take our news stories that form the theme of the three questions we do each Wednesday on the Roundup and the LinkedIn version of the newsletter. Uh, if you prefer to get your uh, version of your news through LinkedIn for International Ed, you can subscribe to the newsletter there as well. So let's get right into our first question. And as, as we said earlier, it's what does the 2022 Open Doors Report tell us? Well, what it does do, and this is important context for any discussion about Open Doors, there are two parts of Open Doors data as it refers to inbound international students. Uh, the first is the annual data release of the 2021-22 academic year that started last August, September of 2021 through to the spring of 2022. Uh, every college and university uh, that hosts international students is surveyed. There's about almost 1,300 colleges that are, are, are completing the CVIS uh, Open Doors or the Open Doors report, uh, sending their uh, institutional censuses data into uh, IIE and the uh, Open Doors team there to put together the data for what we just received yesterday, uh, or excuse me, earlier this week, 
uh, during the Open Doors report release. So uh, what that data is, is uh, that we saw this week, is the previous academic year's data. So it's, a, it's, it's the last fall's data, basically, the equivalent of uh, the pre previous academic year when the academic year began and the census was taken usually in the middle of the academic year. Uh, then institutions reported all their degree-seeking students, all their non-degree-seeking students, English language, OPT, all of those students, and, other, and also other visa categories, too, that they might have had on their college campuses so that we can get an aggregate amount uh, of those uh, institutions that responded, uh, what, their, what the total number of international students. And again, this report is only covering uh, post-secondary uh, education, not high school, not vocational study uh, in the United States, but does cover English language training or non-degree status uh, in terms of the I-20s issued for exchanges, non-degree typically fall, and English language typically fall into that non-degree category. So that's kind of the baseline of what we're talking about with Open Doors. So it's this past year's academic data for international students enrolled, and the, that's the first part of the data that was released for inbound international students. The second was what they call, and have done for the last four or five years, uh, the fall snapshot survey that covers um, uh, approximately half of the institutions uh, that Open Doors typically gets responses for annually from their census. Uh, about half of those uh, institutions reported uh, their current fall data uh, to help uh, give us uh, in international education in the U.S. an idea of what was involved. So the links for the uh, opendoorsdata.org slash and then open dash doors-2022-annual-data-release, dropping that link in as well. That's where you can find all the data tables and uh, infographics that you, you may want to reference if you're doing presentations about Open Doors uh, and international student numbers. So great resources. Uh, the IIE team that works on this uh, in, from the New York office headquarters uh, really puts in months and months of work to uh, crunch all this data to come up with uh, what we have each year. There's also the uh, inbound or the outbound U.S. study abroad numbers, which is even a year older data. So it's a, that's the heat of the pandemic data. So uh, our focus for this is really going to be the inbound data that was reported for Open Doors in Monday's and Tuesday's release. So in terms of what we're seeing uh, in the trends for the for the fall, uh, we certainly saw the good news that uh, international student numbers are up uh, in 2020, 2021. Uh, approximately 4%. Uh, so that was after two down years uh, during the pandemic, uh, pre-pandemic of 2019-20, and then uh, the full brunt of the pandemic in 2020-21, where we saw a 16% drop. And that was primarily due to new students not being able to enroll in the fall of 2020 uh, for that 2020-21 academic year uh, because of uh, consulates being closed, inability to travel, visas not available, that type of thing. So those numbers were going to be going to be a drop last year and not surprising that we saw a re rebound this year of 4%. Uh, when I say 4% for up in this year, that's not this academic year again, that's the previous academic year. So the past academic year, 21-22, there was a 4% increase in international students enrolled in U.S. college campuses. Now, so the, the data is moving in the right direction. The other half of that for the fall uh, snapshot survey that I mentioned, uh, that did show uh, even greater uh, increases uh, for, the, for the fall 2022 numbers. We saw, uh, we saw numbers uh, that were incredibly positive uh, almost across the board. 
Uh, well, before moving on to the snapshot, we will what should mention that of the top uh, top sending countries uh, to the United States, uh, in, the, in the top 25, uh, all but about six uh, had increases uh, to the of students coming to the United States in the past academic year. I think overall, 54% of all countries reported uh, that re that were reported uh, enrolling students in the United States last year, 54% saw increases in their numbers coming to the United States. The c the couple of outliers in the top 25 that might might surprise you, uh, China continues to drop. There was a, another 8.6% drop. Uh, we also see de decreases from. Uh, Vietnam, surprisingly, minus 4.2% in the last academic year, uh, and then also Saudi Arabia continued to drop off uh, to 17, minus 17%. Uh, those numbers may be turning around for both Vietnam and Saudi Arabia, but those two were the biggest drops. We saw huge increases from uh, the UK, uh, from France, from Germany, uh, likely due to the resumption of study abroad in the past academic year, uh, where students from those countries, universities, were able to come for uh, exchange and uh, year-long studies in addition to the degree seekers that did make it in. So outside of those three, China, Vietnam, and Saudi Arabia, the other two drops in the top 25 were Iran and Hong Kong. Hong Kong facing similar challenges to, to, uh, to China, mainland China. So those are the numbers from the uh, fall 2021 uh, to 22 uh, academic year in terms of the increases in numbers coming to the United States. Uh, what I always look at is the uh, snapshot survey to give a better clue to what, what's really happening on the ground uh, this fall. Uh, there are a couple of ways that we get to that information every year, and uh, the, the snapshot survey certainly paints the biggest picture. And there were key, the key, survey, key findings from uh, that report showed that um, uh, the increase uh, uh, is, 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 is continuing again uh, that we saw last year with the 4% growth that was reported in the 2022 Open Doors numbers. Uh, you see international student growth is uh, happening at across all academic levels, including OPT, and strong growth in uh, graduate enrollment. Uh, and that is going to be driven largely by India uh, in this past year. So there was a, gr a increase in number of students starting OPT uh, or on OPT to up 6%. Uh, the new enrollments of international students are up uh, quite significantly. And uh, this is the eye-popping number that uh, I certainly will, will be uh, uh, shouting from the rooftops for the next few months, is that uh, a continued improvement of following an 80% rebound in new enrollments uh, in the in this from the past academic year. So 7% increase in number of new international students enrolling for the first time in U at a U.S. institution. Uh, uh, that's following on the 80% the uh, increase this past year in new international enrollments uh, in the uh, fall of 2021. So uh, we are seeing really good numbers moving up. Uh, and that is something uh, that we'll, uh, we'll be uh, continuing to, to buoy our, our growth uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, you know, as a destination, the number one destination for international students in the, around the world. Uh, this data is, is, is important to keep in mind what it includes and what it doesn't include. Uh, as I mentioned, this does not include vocational students, it does not include high school students, primary school students. Uh, so those are the main categories that are not going to be part of the 
um, the snapshots or the open doors or snapshot survey. So uh, what, it, what the data also from the snapshot survey reports is that 99% uh, of responding institutions uh, are holding in-person classes or implementing a hybrid model. 94% uh, of the reported international students are in the United States on campus. So uh, that's, uh, that's certainly showing commitment to studying in person. You also see uh, 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 increased focus on recruitment still being a priority. That uh, increases in recruitment in India, Vietnam, Brazil, China, as well as international, international students currently in U.S. high schools, which represent an important chunk, are uh, also a priority. Uh, where, uh, how uh, institutions are, are recru recruiting, uh, you see uh, that uh, current international students are used most in the international recruitment process, and that's great to see that, the rise of using current students to help tell your story better than you could ever do it yourselves. Uh, the use of online recruitment events is still being used by over 53% of, of uh, universities that were participating in this snapshot survey. And partnerships also increased, uh, increasing in popularity as an important recruitment tool. And certainly I can validate that at uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where I now work as Director of Global Recruitment and Partnerships. That's actually part of my title, Partnerships. Not just uh, recruiting students, but uh, uh, and, and developing the networks of partners uh, through uh, agents, through Education USA, through uh, individual universities around the world that we might be uh, uh, finding good sources of students from, uh, leveraging those and, and, and developing more of the bulk relationships that we could uh, serve as reliable sources of students each year and diversifying where they're coming from, obviously. So some great, uh, great news on that front. Uh, that in terms of outreach, uh, that uh, where, where universities are focusing their efforts. Also, uh, increasing financial support uh, is either at the same or higher for 87% of respondees to the survey. Uh, really some are good chunks, and for those of us who really like digging our teeth into data, this is a great week uh, for that. Uh, so uh, beyond uh, the uh, IIE Open Doors data and the snapshot survey, uh, you see a lot of uh, the, the important trends and growth, uh, that graduate enrollment uh, growth uh, in the fall snapshot survey is driven by up 18%, uh, followed by OPT at plus 6, non-degree at plus 4, so uh, rise of uh, those exchanges again, as well as uh, English language pro training. And undergraduate growth was up uh, modestly at 2%. And that's due to the continued decline in the number of Chinese undergraduates that are coming to the United States. That's something we're not alone in seeing. Uh, the UK has also experienced that. China has, has their number one market as well, but it has shifted dramatically from undergrad to grad. Uh, and that uh, is, uh, impacts their, their time because most of their grad programs or our master's programs are year long rather than two years in the U.S. and, uh, and other countries. So um, we're, uh, the undergraduate growth from China has slowed and dropped uh, in many countries, and we're uh, waiting for, and uh, talking to sources on the ground in China, it's clear that there's still the d interest in studying abroad, but travel restrictions make it very difficult now uh, for them to come. So there will be a rebound from China, but it's not going to be near the levels that we saw in 2015-16, where Chinese undergraduates were clearly at their peak. Uh, Chinese graduate students are still coming to the United States and will represent now uh, the greater majority of, uh, under, of Chinese students in the U.S. So uh, what it was also uh, revealing in this report, uh, there was information on, uh, not in the Open Doors report, you saw a number of uh, uh, 
references to the kind of main growth markets. And I think that is uh, moving into the second question that we talk about uh, for the uh, for today's roundup is how big will the post-pandemic bounce be? Well, let's look at the data. Uh, the pre-pand our highest level of international student enrollments in the United States uh, was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was in 2019, 20, excuse me, 2018-2019, 20, uh, 20, where there was uh, one, almost 1.1 million international students studying in the United States, according to the Open Doors data. Uh, in that ac academic year, 2018-2019. So that was kind of the peak. That's also when we had our peak in the OPT numbers and we were starting to see drops uh, in the undergraduate numbers and grad numbers were declining slightly. So there was there was that uh, that period that was uh, uh, a real uh, kind of a, a bellwether in terms of what that was, that we had kind of peaked out and then we had the pandemic a year later. This is also when we were seeing in 2018-19 uh, in the mid middle of the Trump uh, presidency that uh, where the, the impact of the um, the Muslim travel bans and the, and the more restrictive immigration policies were starting to be felt in terms of new student arrivals. Uh, but overall, uh, that was our peak 2018-2019. Uh, pre-pandemic. So the pandemic hit end of the Trump presidency, so we had that down period for two years. Uh, and surprisingly, it was only two years. Uh, one year, 2019-20, uh, where we, didn't, we weren't really feeling the full effect of the pandemic yet. We had a 1.8% drop or 1.9% drop, then followed in 2020-21 with a 16% drop. So we've rebounded this year to 4% growth, uh, looking like the snapshot survey this year says 9% growth. Uh, with an 80% growth in new international student starts this year. Uh, so we see um, uh, this past year. So we're really seeing uh, uh, a ramping back up. Uh, what's, what's also, when I talk about the post-pandemic bounce, one thing that we can do that Open Doors doesn't give us full-on data on is how the current state of affairs is for uh, international students in the United States. Uh, for those that are familiar, uh, DHS ha produces uh, what they call SEVIS by the numbers. Uh, it used to be quarterly, uh, then it was once a year, then it's now back to twice a year. So we at least have comparable time periods in the fall for the last four years, 2022, 21, 20, and 19. We have uh, comparable fall periods where we can look at how, that, how, the, how the numbers have changed. So this would have been uh, right in that peak period in 2019 when there was a million, uh, um, according to the CFIS by the numbers report, there was over 1.1 million uh, international students in the United States. And again, that's an all-inclusive number. That includes the uh, vocational students, that includes uh, the students in high school, that includes uh, secondary, pr uh, primary school as well, so a few number, a few that are in that. But it, it is a comprehensive number. So it's not apples to apples with open doors uh, entirely, uh, but it does capture all of the Fs. And all of the Fs include um, F students that may be at universities that didn't re respond to um, the open doors report. So probably because they don't have the numbers or don't have the bandwidth to, to, to compile that annually. So the CVS by the numbers is the best numbers snapshot of overall international student presence in the United States based on CVS data only. And so it doesn't include the H's and the L's, which are a minor piece of the puzzle that Open Doors does capture. So there are some, are, are some clear differences. But just to give you a sense of what we were talking about with the CVS data, uh, we are looking at um, the fall 21 overall numbers. 
uh, for uh, from Civis by the numbers, uh, and that report still has China and India as the top two destinations. What uh, I will share uh, that is important to to keep in mind here is that when we look at fall 22, uh, we're looking at uh, compared to open doors. This is where I think you'll get the best idea of where the bounce, how, how big the bounce is going to continue to be and what the overall uh, numbers look like. If you, uh, if you look at the open doors data, they had a graph that had, for like say for example for India and China, um, there was a graph that suggested that there were 299,000 uh, Chinese students in the U.S. in this past academic year, 21-22, uh, that there was 190, uh, 200, uh, 290,000 uh, Chinese students and 199,000 uh, Indian students in the U.S., according to Civis by the Numbers data. The greater majority of those, probably 95%, 96, 97% of those Indian and uh, and Chinese students were at uh, the post-secondary level or English language level. So uh, the, the CVIS data uh, shows overall for fall 21, which is equivalent time period for what the Open Doors numbers reported, uh, at 964,401. That was the total number of F students uh, enrolled yeah, according to Sevis by the numbers, FM and J actually, uh, 96,401. So the open doors number for this that were just released this week showed that was there was 900 and, oh, here we go, we're going to the glasses. It's getting to, a lot of data read this week, 948,000. So uh, as you can see by that number, the, uh, the uh, 948 versus 964, that's about the difference. That's the difference from fall 2021 numbers that Open Doors reflects and that Sevis by the Numbers reflects for fall 2021. Uh, that would include uh, students who are in high school that wouldn't be counted in the Open Doors. It would include uh, vocational students that wouldn't be in the Open Doors data. So there's, a, there's, a, there's reasons why the uh, Sevis by the Numbers numbers are higher than the IIE numbers shared. Uh, but IIE also captures, again, those, F, those H, L's, J's, and other alphabet soup visas that might be on campus, as well as SILES and such, that are recorded in Open Doors but aren't part of the Sevis by the Numbers report, which only tracks those that are documented in Sevis, FM, and J's. So uh, let's uh, look at what Fall 22 says. This is real, real time, as real as we're going to get in international ed for uh, international students enrolled in the United States this fall, like this current semester. That number by CBIS by the numbers reflects uh, 1,025,156. So we broke the million barrier again after a couple of years being under uh, that, 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 that important number, that threshold. Uh, so we can say again now, we have over a million international students studying in the United States. And again, that's comprehensive all levels. So I think that that's, that tells you where we're going. So that's, uh, that's a big bounce uh, in the coming year that we should expect to see. Uh, if you look at what that is, it's jumping from, uh, as, as, we, as we just said, 964 to uh, 1 million, 1,025,000. So up... Uh, up about um, 60, 
60, about 61,000 uh, in the past year. So 61,000 will probably be up about eight or nine percent. So the fall snapshot survey is also a pretty good predictor of the overall numbers that will be up. So uh, we see, we've seen the 4% increase this year. I will bet dollars to donuts that will be up about 9% next year uh, on the Open Doors data. Uh, so we're definitely uh, on the road back to well over a million students for Open Doors next year in 2023 when they were released in November. Uh, but we're already over the 1 million for current CBIS by the numbers report. So I think the balance is going to be significant. It's going to grow. Uh, it's going to basically double uh, the growth rate we had this year. It's going to double for what you see in Open Doors next year. How is this current year's recruitment cycle going? Uh, let's laser focus in on the, t the two big drivers, India and China. Now, when we talk about India and China, uh, the numbers from, um, from Open Doors are also reflective of uh, the kind of battle at number one and number two. They're the only two countries that are even close to or are in uh, six digits for their total enrollments. IIE has them, uh, as I said earlier, 290,000 uh, Chinese students, 199,000 Indian students, roughly from in the 2021 to 22 academic year. Uh, the Sevis by the Numbers reports uh, for the same period uh, in 2022 reflects uh, an uh, ever-tightening number of uh, between those two. We've seen a continued drop-off in the Sevis by the Numbers report, where we're now down to 251,000 Chinese students in the United States versus 240,000 in, uh, Indian students. So we've had a growth of over 40,000 Indian students in the last year and a drop of uh, 30, 39,000 uh, Chinese students in the past year. Again, students who aren't getting visas to come to study or they aren't being able to travel uh, to come uh, to leave, the, leave, the United, leave China to come to the United States, even though the consulates and embassies have been open and have basically no wait times for student visas at this point, So, uh, which is certainly not, not the case of what's happening in India. India is booming again. Uh, India will, I guarantee you, by spring numbers, if they do a spring report, India will have overtaken China, and certainly by next fall uh, they will uh, most definitely be um, uh, closer to 300,000, probably a reversal of where the open doors numbers are this year uh, is where I would see uh, China continuing to drop uh, unless something happens dramatic in the next six months where the visas, uh, travel restrictions are lifted and students can uh, travel uh, to the United States and get their visas. So we're seeing a lot of that happening. So I think that that's going to be uh, an interesting one to watch. It's going to drive a lot of international enrollments uh, to the United States from India in particular. If China rebounds even slightly, it's only going to uh, move that uh, threshold up in terms of where our growth rate is going to go. So we will, I, we, we will double our growth rate uh, th from this year to next year in terms of open doors data. And I can certainly see, uh, driven again by Ch India uh, and perhaps China if they rebound, but if not, there are maybe other markets that will jump up and, uh, and, and become more important. I see a resurgence in Saudi Arabia uh, coming with some of their newer scholarships that are more focused. I see Vietnam uh, probably rebounding this year. Uh, I see Korea. They've rebounded and had an increase in international students in the U.S. this past year for the first time in about 15, 20 years. So after many, many years of drops, uh, percentage drops, so they are uh, in third place. Canada may rise uh, as, a, as a destination as more of their students and perhaps those that come, have come for um, bachelor's programs or vocational programs decide, no, I want to go to the U.S. now. I don't want to live in Canada. Uh, so that might be, might be another trend we see.
So we'll, we'll talk about those in the future, future episodes, I'm sure, as the data comes uh, thick and fast in these uh, recent days. But let's talk, move on to the last question, and that is, are we meeting prospective students where they are? And this is a topic that is uh, very near and dear to my heart. Had the opportunity last week at the Education USA uh, Regional Forum in Costa Rica for all of the Western Hemisphere. So advisors from 20 plus countries, uh, from Canada to Chile and everywhere in between. Uh, there were over 120 advisors at this conference. Great to have that level of advisor participation. And that was allowed because of the universities that attended. We had nearly 100 universities and college representatives and higher ed community members attend this, uh, this three-day conference in Costa Rica. So that was an important uh, event. Uh, and I had the opportunity to present on a topic about enhancing uh, your digital uh, presence with uh, students in the Western Hemisphere and how to, how to improve what you do socially and on the web. So I uh, had the opportunity, I, as, as many of you know, I used to work with Education USA for six years. I did dozens of these workshops and conference sessions, training advisors on how to use social media over the years and maximize their digital footprint to connect with their future student audiences uh, and help them better connect with US higher ed. But one of the things that really uh, had always been a part of my, uh, my training with them was on making sure that you have a presence where your audience spends their time. And th that's one of the clear principles that we, we set up for EdUSA back in the day for social media. And that, uh, among other things, has really become a driver for how advisors, particularly during the pandemic, we've seen that, but they've really honed their skills to the point where they're experts now, are true experts in this field. And I had the honor to present with Mabel Martinez in Guadalajara, Education USA there, and Miguel Huerta um, uh, with Education USA Chile. He's a country coordinator for advisors there. Uh, both of them uh, have a very different uh, perspectives on digital and social and the use of those in reaching students. Miguel is a university professor of communication, so he studies social media for, for his, for his uh, research, for his work, his profession, but he's also a country coordinator for Ed USA, so he, he leverages that and really has a, a more scientific data-driven approach to social media. Whereas Mabel, uh, she, uh, she's a, a younger advisor, but has such passion for what she's doing that uh, she had content that could have run for a full half-day workshop. Uh, that, uh, that we weren't able to get to all of it, but she, she has some amazing ideas and has put them into practice and it's shown results and shown how they, uh, when you hone your message completely, you target your message to your specific audiences, you can really elevate your game and meeting prospective students where they are. So I was, I frankly was honored and moved at the end of the presentation. Uh, we. Um, uh, having had my history with EdUSA and so helping them develop social media skills uh, back in the day and now seeing so many of the advisors uh, really becoming experts in the field uh, of how to better connect with students in their countries. Uh, I, uh, we shared survey results from the advisors and, and many of them shared the, their wisdom on which platforms need to be used and how they can leverage those platforms to reach students and they were providing some fantastic content and I share, I'll share the link to uh, that presentation uh, in the in the chat as well, but uh, check it out on, on my LinkedIn profile as well, because you'll see it there. But it's a, a real opportunity to, for me to say thank you to Education USA for having that conference, for inviting me to present, and allowing me to, to, uh, to experience uh, what uh, the advisors have really done over the years, and the, through the training that the REACs provide, and uh, the IIE, IIE folks in DC that run the workshops, and uh, level one and level two training institutes. Uh, there's just been so much growth in the network over the years, and 
I can say confidently that uh, U.S. higher ed reps can count on EdUSA for uh, helping them get their message out and, and being uh, knowledgeable about how to do that effectively in, in, their, in their different countries. So that's, uh, that's always the question. That's a rhetorical question. Are we meeting prospective students where, there are, where they are? Hopefully your, your en enrollment results will reflect that uh, in terms of their engagement with you. Uh, but if not, uh, it, it should be. Uh, you should be meeting <laughs> students where they are. That's the rhetorical piece. So until next time, we want to say thank you for being a part of the conversation on the Midweek Roundup. Uh, we're going to be taking a trip out to uh, the home campus uh, in the next day. Uh, today and uh, tomorrow and Friday and uh, having some important conversations during International Education Week, talking to student, current international students and faculty from overseas, uh, getting their feedback on what's working and what's not and where we can improve and where we can use them in recruiting our future classes. So hopefully you're able to do that too. So until next week, we wish you the very best. Cheers.